Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, beginning in the 25th chapter at the 14th verse. One of the things to notice about uh, the 25th chapter is that we are almost to the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. In fact, this story that Jesus tells is the second to the last story that Jesus will share with his disciples in the entire Gospel. And if it sounds a little bit intense, it might just be because it's one of the last things Jesus is going to say. What I would like for you to do, and especially our young people who are out there, is I want you to listen for the different words in this story that catch in your mind. Nouns and verbs, things and places and people and things that go crash by the organ. Let us hear God's word. Jesus says, of the kingdom of God, he says, For it is if a man going on a journey summons his servants and entrusts his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled his accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more, and said, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done! Good and trustworthy servant, you have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow 
and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless servant, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of the Lord. Loving and gracious God, help us to hear your grace on this day of celebration. Amen. So, young people, and young people, people like Hawken, and Caroline, and Emma, Tommy, what did you hear in this story? What words stood out for you? Who's going to say something? Abundance. Awesome. Tommy, you heard that. What else? What else? You heard the part about they took what? The rich are only going to get richer and the poor are only going to get poorer. Wow. Wow. What else did you hear? Yes. The talent. Does anybody know what a talent is? We think it's something like being able to play the flute. Well, a talent here in this story is a denomination of money like a $100,000 bill. It's like a great big weight of silver or gold that weighed 75 pounds. So it was kind of ridiculous to give somebody all of this money. In fact, the servants would have felt like they'd won the lottery to have been given more money than they could ever, ever spend in their entire lifetime. So that's a talent. What else did you hear? Yes. Trustworthy. Hmm. Somebody you can trust. Hmm. What else? Yes. Wicked. One of those Bible words. I'll tell you that wicked is a synonym for foolish. And that always means somebody who does not trust in God. Other words. Well, nobody is saying the words that always catch me up. And that is the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Doesn't that just sound like something for Halloween? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, I want to tell you that this is one of Matthew's favorite phrases. In the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew likes to end parables this way. Now, there's only this phrase in one other Gospel, and that's in Luke, and only one time. So this is a very favorite of Matthew's. And one thing I've learned is that Matthew likes to use this phrase when he's really 
serious when there's something really important that he wants to say, when it's getting close to the end of Jesus' teaching and he wants to say, sit up and listen, people, this really matters. I know that when I read this, there is something really, really important that the gospel writer and Jesus does not want us to miss. And that's another word in here. Can anybody think about what God would not want us to miss? What do the first two servants get? They get praise. They get invited into something. Joy. That's right. Enter into the joy of your master. And I think that this is what this story is about. Enter into the joy of your master. This is an invitation to enter into the creative possibilities of God's abundant love. It is an invitation to goodness and abundance of creativity and possibility and above all else, joy. Now, I just hear this story and I don't want to be the third servant and end up in the weeping and gnashing of teeth. But I tell you, at one time or another, we have all been the different characters in this story, haven't we? Sometimes we've been the servant with the most gifts, the student with the most A's. And we are so confident that God loves us and that God blesses us with wonderful abilities and opportunities to multiply our gifts, to grow the master's property, which is the property of the kingdom of God, to grow food for the hungry and blessings for the poor. And healing for those who are ill, this is what it means to grow the property and to do good for the kingdom of God. This is about having fun and taking risks like on a rope course where there is so much joy and a little bit of pain, I'm understanding. Being able to give ourselves away in work and love and generosity, these are the first two servants. And sometimes we've done that and we've been that. And sometimes we've been the third servant. And we see that somebody else got more than we did. We don't have enough. Even if it's a small fortune and we start to wonder and be afraid. I better not lose it. I might get in trouble. I will hide it. Maybe it's better that people don't even know I have it. I don't have enough to share. I just don't have enough. Sometimes I think that we have been like that gift giver who has gone out and found the most amazing gift 
And see, God really does know the most amazing gifts for each of us, but we don't. And sometimes we've gone out and found a camera or seeds to plant in a garden or the winter coat. And, and we give them to those we love because we want to know the joy. And sometimes we know the joy of seeing the photographs that are taken and sharing that joy of that camera. And sometimes we've tasted the tomatoes that have come from the garden of those seeds planted and the salad shared. And sometimes when we've given that coat, we've even seen it on a man in the street. Maybe it was the one we gave. And other times it happened that the camera gets put in the back of the closet and kind of like that hole in the ground and the photos never get taken. And sometimes we've watched the seeds rot on the shelf in the garage and the tomatoes never got planted. And when we went and we asked what happened to the coat that we gave, somebody said, well, it was just too nice for the people on the street and we kept it for a more appropriate use. And that's where there ought to be the weeping and gnashing of teeth. God is the giver of all good gifts. Our breath, our abilities, our earth, our food, our homes, our family, our wealth, our lives. And we have a choice every day which servant we will be. Will we live in gratitude and humility and faith and abundance so that we can share boldly and take risks to know joy? Will we live out of a spirituality of abundance? It's so easy to fall into a spirituality of scarcity where we just let the fear overwhelm us. I'm not good enough. I'm just too afraid. We have to practice that spiritual abundance. This past week I was at a spiritual retreat where we all worked in a group of 40 or so painting sacred art. It was five days of praying and painting, and sometimes it was just praying that you could get the hand to look like a hand. And sometimes it was like, oh my gosh, that's what that icon means. I didn't know this Trinity icon was about hospitality and God making a place at the table for everyone and that I'm invited into the house of love. Who, who knew? That's what I'm painting. And we meditated on these ancient images, and sometimes it was easy to forget that this was a spiritual retreat and not a competition to see who could make the best art. That's an attitude of spiritual scarcity. My robes don't look as good as your angel's robes, too. My face looks like the monster from outer space. And then we look at our neighbors. Oh, their robes are so beautiful and the gold in their halos is so shiny. 
And we sit and we work harder and we wish we were better painters. But then somebody comes by and says, your mountains are terrific. How did you do that? And I said, well, I looked at this picture because you can see better what's going on in the mountains. And I used this color combination and this brush. And then one person is taking a picture on their iPhone of the other person's angel wings to get it right. And we're encouraging each other. And when some of us have been there a long time and a friend will come up and say, do you want me to tell you what's wrong with this? Do you want me to show you where you need to change it? And I, yeah. And we help each other. And we work together. And suddenly, this business of I'm not good enough becomes this, oh my gosh, together, there is more gifts in this room. And we are not working only on sacred art. We are creating sacred love. And it's why we keep going back year after year. Because we know the abundance of the sacred love in that place. Where there's more than enough. So how do we do it? We've been talking about spiritual practices and to practice that hard spirituality of abundance is to always remember that we are God's beloved child. You are loved. As Eric once said in a very powerful sermon, no, you are enough. Remember that God blesses ordinary people with extraordinary grace. Remember the sacred ordinary. Practice gratitude. Sing of God's goodness. Count your blessings. At the end of the day, take the time to review all the things for which you are grateful and practice generosity share what you have take the risk give your money in joyful gratitude our world is a sacred work of God's love just as we are And God invites us, all of us, to be a part of that work of sacred love. This is our invitation to joy. God has called us to love and grace, to fun and joy. What an incredible invitation. So come, let us enter into the joy of our Master. Amen. <laughs>